Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dress Snaps podcast with me Nabila and the great Nabil. Hello. I almost forgot my name for a second. Oh, that's proper. You're drunk. And uh, no, no, no. I am stone cold sober. Oh, not judging. Not judging. I mean, not judging. How was your week? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Um, crazy animal farm going on in my house at the moment. <clears throat> my cat is now learning the outdoors. So he has been terrorizing the birds this week, dropping eggs out of the nest, setting off the neighbor's dogs barking, our dogs barking, <sighs> running up and down the roof. I was like, you know, no one warned me that cats were this much work. I thought they just sleep all day. <laughs> you could make yeah. a Netflix TV series out of it. Yes, yes, Louis the Great. Is it his name Louis? King Louis. Oh, is it because of Louis his Hamilton? Louis. <laughs> Bloody hell! Do you know do everyone think, thinks that? Do you think that, that's respectful? It's, it's, it's not actually. It's not because of that. It's because when he so he's a rescue. He showed up at our door one night, um, in the middle of lockdown. Mm -hmm. Cold, messy eyes. It was like full of pus, mm -hmm. and he was like shivering and crying at our door. And so we took him in. We don't know anything about cats. We are dog family. We have three dogs. We've only ever had dogs. Never liked cats. So we're like, what do we even do with this thing? Okay, the first thing you do, you know, they show you in the movies, give the cat milk. <laughs> so we try giving him milk. Nope, he doesn't. He doesn't like milk. Gave him a bit of water. He didn't drink. We had to force feed him with the syringe. The drama that night. Anyways, next day we took him to the vet. Got him his jabs. Because we decided, okay, we're actually keeping him. Because he's really cute. If you've been following me on social media from like June, July or before that. You would have seen that night I posted. I was like, how do I take care of a cat? <laughs> <laughs> and people giving me suggestions what to do and stuff. So we took it from there and then we like wrapped him up in this little Louis Vuitton scarf and we're trying to name him like, I don't know, we thought of things, names like Turkish names and nothing was fitting. And then like he really liked this Louis Vuitton scarf. So we're like, what about Louis? And then that's how he got his name. Um, uh, how old was he when he when he came around? Um, we think about five weeks. The vet said around about five wow. weeks. So quite early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Very early. It's because uh, on the milk thing, we are. I thought it was older, and we are the we as humans are the only animals who keep on uh, drinking milk even after. Yes, that's what I say all the time. Yeah, so it's disgusting. It's, it's never good. No, it is not disgusting. I love milk. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I love being a human. Uh, but yeah, we are the only animals. So that's why they're not going to consume any milk. But yeah, wonderful story. I thought that was because of Lewis Hamilton. And a, a, a bit, a, a part of you... My brother calls him Lewis. Right, but a part of you was because of Lewis Hamilton, wasn't it? You have to admit it. 
fine if you yeah. if you're gonna force me to say it yes right so if, if you meet Lewis Hamilton you are going to say oh you know my cart is named after you yes <laughs> quite an honor isn't it I have better pick up lines for Lewis Hamilton thank you very much oh give me one <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. You do know that. If you, I need to. If you meet Lewis Hamilton, you just stand there, like, stone cold, like, watching him. Yeah. Not saying anything. The blood would, like, drain from my face. Yeah. But, I mean, do you know anyone who met Lewis Hamilton? Do you know I actually do? I... And it's funny that you went, we, like, we started off like this because it's like it's the perfect introduction for our next guest, our first guest for 2021. So in our last episode, we talked about, you know, culture and how did you end up where you are? And we asked people, you know, are you living in a, in a country that you are not originally from? And how did you get there? And I, we had someone reach out to us who listens to our podcast. She's a Lewis Hamilton fan and she's met him. I'm very jealous. So without further ado, Gigi. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And uh, thank you for inv- inviting me to your podcast. I'm really, I'm really, really grateful for that. Oh, it's only a pleasure. We're very excited to have you. Thank you. Because it's two Lewis Hamilton fans against whoever the Sky supports. Hey. <laughs> I literally, if you Who's go, it? if you, if we go on the Formula One side, they're literally never going to win, right? So I support Ferrari. Like Ferrari is up here. You're down here amongst the other, like, randoms, normies. Like, Ferrari is something else. Don't even mention it. Oh, no. I really, really feel for you. No, I'm literally the di- a die-hard Ferrari fan. And I don't know how you can't support Ferrari. That's literally beyond me. Okay, before, okay, before oh, this no. man starts defending his team... <laughs> <laughs> let's um let's let's go back to you Gigi. Um you are currently living in France. Um how did you get there? I know you're not originally from there. Yeah. So um I grew up in Cameroon. This is where I come from and um uh, after I graduated from high school I went to uh how to call it in in English class préparatoire. Uh, ele- elementary school. Nabil can help you. Yeah, so I went there for two years. So it, I chose the difficult one. It was physics and mathematics. It was mine. Wait, it's not. It's, it's not elementary school. <laughs> it, it might be high school. <laughs> it's yeah. It's high school, but not u- university. You know. Uh, it's something it's... something between high school and university. Oh, like a bridging. Yeah, exactly. Bridging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So after after those two years, I actually went to France for the engineering school. So the first year was actually bad, like really, really bad. Because when I moved from Cameroon, it was in September or, or end of August, beginning of September. And um, it was like 30 degrees in Cameroon 
and uh, 15 degrees here in France. So I was literally freezing. And my, my sister, who was already here, told me that, no, it's okay, 15 degrees, <laughs> you, you, you can work with your uh, little jacket and it will be okay. And let me tell you, I had, so I had um, my pullover, I have a t-shirt on it, I had a jacket, I have my scarf, I have like two sockets in my shoes. And I was still freezing. Wow. <laughs> it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I so I arrived, I arrived in the in Paris, but my uh, school was in Rouen. It's like Nabil's favorite city is Paris. No, no, quite the opposite. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then my first winter, it was like. I think it was a nightmare because it was really, really cold. Uh, my my family was uh, like 6,000 kilometers away. So I, I thought I, I, was, I will give up and just leave everything and go back to Cameroon because it, it was too much for me because I wasn't used to be alone without my family, without my mm. friends. So it was really, really hard. So we've been talking um, in the last two episodes about, you know, Africa. Like I've been speaking like from a African point of view and Nabil's obviously been, you know, touching on European. But you come in and you've lived in both continents and um, moving to France, was that uh, a, a decision you made for a, a better education um, you know, choosing a better, better lifestyle, or what was your thinking behind um, going to France? It, it, it was that for the first reason was that uh, having better education, but it was also to be free. <laughs> <laughs> because, Freedom. Yeah, because uh, when I was with my parents, they are like, uh, they are like old school parents. Like you, you can, as a girl, you cannot go out as much as you like you you cannot hang around with uh, boys because uh, you're a girl and not in our culture so mm. you you need to stay away from boys you need to stay mm, away from, I can relate yeah from parties and so on so I was like when I when I arrived in France I was like oh, freedom yes <laughs> And, oh. and the and the whole cultural shift uh, between, you know, living in an African country and going from having little to no freedom, living with your parents to having full freedom, didn't like shock your mind? It, yeah, it, it actually shocked my mind because, uh, you know, it was, it was too much freedom. Like I, I could basically do whatever I want and I can say I did a lot of not nice things. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, in terms of culture, I would say I didn't really see a, dif a big difference because um, when I was in Cameroon, I was in the capital. So it was like cities, big cities, big buildings, cars, etc. So it wasn't really different from that. And what made okay. you choose France over... 
don't know, Spain, UK, Italy, maybe, maybe yeah, the, the UK is quite expensive, that might be an argument, but how about Spain, Italy, and wherever, whatever, anywhere else, Germany? I chose France because um, when I was in the, in between university, uh, we had some partnerships with uh, schools oh. here in France, so it was in terms of uh, administrative procedures, it was really, really simple to just go to France. Oh, okay, and was it like, uh, was it a day that you said I have to get out, or was it more like a process uh, of maybe years or months in which you, you kept thinking I have to go to France, I have to leave home? Was it like something that happened all of a sudden and you hopped on that train and you, you went up to France? When I, when I was in high school, it, it has been something I always don't think about. Like uh, when I finish high school, I want to go abroad to have better education to, uh, to, because I knew that in Cameroon, the education is it's, it's not difficult, but it's difficult after your uh, graduation because it's really, really yes. difficult to find a job, a good job based on your, mm. on your skills. So I, I wanted a fair, um, a fair treatment because I, I mm. would like, I want to be an engineer and I want to be paid like an engineer. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have that the same issue in South Africa where, um, you know, we you finish your degree and then you have to go to the highest to get your master's and then you sit without a job because no one can match the pay with your qualification. Exactly. So we have people with masters and PhDs just sitting unemployed because no one can pay them enough for their qualification. Exactly. I had a mm. cousin I have a cousin who was really, really intelligent when he was in high school. And when he graduated, he went to university, but then he didn't find a good job until today. Like he's, I will say, 10 years older than me, and uh, he still doesn't have the job he's supposed to have. So when I oh, saw wow. him, who was really, really intelligent, he was the uh, uh, first of his class, and, uh, wow. and he was struggling to find a good job. So I, I told myself I, I, I can't because I know I'm I'm an intelligent girl and I can I I I want to be in a job of my dream and pay for what I deserve. No, definitely that that's also such a brave move to, you know, move to a whole other continent with people you've never grown up amongst. And in your class, you know, you, you said you, you studied engineering. Were there a lot of females? No, there were like five girls for 20, over 30 boys. Sure. But it, it wasn't, it didn't feel the difference because since I was in high school, I was in the scientific uh, part of the school. So there, there was like same 10 girls for 30 or 40 boys. So I, I was used to be... That big classes. Yeah. Wait, you said 40. Wow. Yeah. How many people did you have in a class? Like 
um, between 40 and 50. Whoa! Yeah, and and bear, bear in mind that I was in a private school. <gasps> That's a whole supermarket. Wow! <laughs> Bloody hell! And was it was it hard to like to learn or to 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 follow class and everything if you're in not the midst of forty people? I would be losing myself. Not at all, because um, I think because it was you know it was a um, school um, which was handled by Catholics people so it was mm. really really straight uh, there was a, a straight um, how to say rule book so it was okay. really really it wasn't so difficult to follow the, the the class because when you if you wanted to be a little bit uh, a bad student you will be punished so okay. wow. uh -huh. I think the most we had in our classes was about 30 3031 um it wasn't such a big the one so big class but i mean i went to a, what they call a model c school so it's a former a former private a former white school something like that so it was you know one of the better off schools I do know, however, there are schools in the townships here that are like that with 40 learners in a class. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of failures. How many were there in your class? Depends. Well, um, the school where I was was a really, really good one. So it wasn't, fail they were more success than failure. For example, when I was in the... Um, how to say grade? Uh, two, three, so I will say in French because I don't know the, the you know the UK system of. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so I was in um, the. So I will say first grade is uh, first year of high school, right? Uh, for us, it's grade eight. Is the grade first eight? year of high school. So it's like for you, it's like eight, seven, and uh, so we go from uh, grade R, that's like reception class, and then grade one, two, three, four, five, uh, and we go right up until grade twelve. So then, from grade eight to grade twelve is considered high school. And then grade twelve is your final year, or we call it matric. Okay, so I will say, for example, the final year of uh, high school. My class had made a hundred percent success. Oh, oh, nice! Very good, marvelous. Um, I had smaller classes. I think my personal record was like twenty-seven. Yeah, something like that. Twenty-seven. Uh, what a massive class! Yeah, no, it's because it, it should be like regulated by law. Like each teacher can have a maximum of. Uh, and I think it's like 29 or 30 students here in Italy. Uh, if you're in class, if you want to go uh, um, outside, it should be like one teacher per 10 students, I reckon. Um, so yeah, we, we do have smaller classes. That's why I said like 40 people in a class, I would be lost to be fair. I, I, get, I get that Catholics <laughs> might be strict and everything, but I would be completely losing my mind. I think we are used to it that that 
that's why yeah, I think we we don't mind having forty people in mm-hmm. in the in the class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay because in university, for instance, here I I've been to some classes where we were like over a hundred, and it's completely fine. But you know, you're in university, you're older, more mature. You can shut up and follow a lesson for for two hours without, uh, you know, without losing your concentration. So, yeah. But in high school, that would have been a bit kind of impossible for me, to be fair. Yeah. Is in my so when I went to university, well, it wasn't really a university. It was more like art school. <laughs> um, it was it was a college. Um, there were thirteen people in my class. Wow. We started off with about 20, just over 20, and then people just dropped out rapidly. And so by the, by the end of third year, there were 13 of us only. So we became, you know, quite good friends with each other. And then we had some lectures with other courses. And then I think that was maximum 80 students, which wasn't more than that, which was nice because... You get personal attention from lecturers, mm-hmm. and so now when I considered like going back to study, I would only consider the univ- the college that I studied at because I'm like, I can't go into a bigger class. I ha- I don't know understand other people's teaching methods. Um, yeah, but I I don't know how I don't have the focus anymore to study. To be honest. Truly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's uh, the whole focus. It, it comes if if you do something you really like, you're more uh, brought into it, and it's easier to focus. Um, in high school, for instance, we were just twenty seven, but I do remember sometimes where we were just sat there in class, and one of the lessons was going on. We were playing maybe poker on our phones uh, without gambling real money. Don't do that. But it was like Zynga poker, poker. That was a popular Facebook game at the time. And we were just playing that. And we were like 27, not 40. So <laughs> God knows what would have happened. When I was in high school, um, so phones were forbidden in the rule book. So mm, same with Yeah, us. here as well. Yeah, yeah. They were like sometimes when you before entering the school, uh, they they will search in your purse if you have any mobile phone or yeah, ah. us as well. Okay, no, <laughs> we could we could bring them, but we could not use them during the lesson. You could have your phone um, in your pocket, but you could not use it. Uh, I think that we would have. We used to have we we used to have cell phone count. Sorry, we know we used to have cell phone counters where we had to hand in our phones at the beginning of the day so each grade had a basket and then you would say all the grade eights would put their phones in a basket put your name on whatever and then at the end of the day you sign out and get your phone again it was ridiculous actually yeah they knew that it, it will be it would be difficult to just um i would say trust the students to not use mm phones and con- consider considering that we had like 40 people per class mm-hmm. and they were like 
I don't know how many classes we had in the high school, but there were a lot, a lot of students in the school. So it would have been difficult to to just let them wow. have their phone wow. in their pocket. Imagine you're in a class of 40 and you have people who use your phone during the, the, the classes. <laughs> it would have been horrible. Indeed. We had we had pay phones. Do you remember pay phones where you put in money and you could, um, where you could call? Wait, I think she left. Can you see hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, hold on. Sorry for uh, for that. I I don't I don't know what happened. No worries, no worries. Um, what were you saying, Navila? Uh, do you remember pay phones where you put your coins in and you could make calls? <laughs> I just used to use those if I needed to contact my parents. I've never used those. Have you never used a pay phone? Oh, no, never, never. I can't wow. Never used a pay phone. I mean, I mean, we had a pay phone, like it was near, uh, nearby my place. But I felt like it was like just like a monument, something coming from the old times. <laughs> we actually used to use those things. Bloody hell! No, literally, you never used them, and I'm, I'm like I'm turning twenty-five in in a couple of weeks, so I'm not that um, that young. But I've never used them. Swear to God! Wow. It's interesting. Um, did you use CDs? Did you ever use CDs in your in your PC? Do you know oh, what I a did. CD I is? I did. Yeah, yeah. I know what a <laughs> floppy disk is, is as well. Um, and I know what a C, what a CD is. Okay. For instance, okay, just double checking. I know what a memory card is. In on, on the PS2, yes. uh, we had these yeah. memory cards who constantly kept bugging themselves, and you had to blow air inside of them to make them work <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm memory card old. Um, but yeah, Gigi, how how how's life in France now? Are you enjoying life in France? Yeah, how do you celebrate birthdays alone and Christmas alone? Um, I'm used to it because the the first Christmas was uh, really really weird because um, I I was used to have the Christmas tree, the the dinner with uh, with the family, and then on that one it was. At, I, I think it was I was uh, at my place. Uh, it was like eighteen meters square, compared to the big house in Cameroon. I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair enough. So it, it was actually depressing the first year, and then uh, the the second year, I have a friend that invited me in in his. Uh, family uh, house in it, it was in Lyon uh-huh. the, the town the city was Lyon it was really really nice they have been so nice to me so each year I I go to to my friend place but last year I went to my sister place at uh, Libreville in Gabon mm-hmm. it was so 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 nice <laughs> like the sun the beach oh the sounds, sounds wonderful and and as um I'm going to bring in the big R word. 
So, racism in France. Do you ever face any kind of prejudice where you... I know people will say, no, I'm never discriminated against. The people here are so lovely. But what is it like being a black female in France? Mm, France, if I, I will compare it... With Italy, for example, because I went to Italy for um, holidays for the for Monza, the Italian GP, and I was actually shocked at the at the way they treat um, black people there. Because um, in France, it's I will say it depends on the place you are, the city you are. Because since I have been in France, I can't say I really face. A racism. I I think I I really really face it. Like once I was uh, trying to renew my ID card, and one of the lady working there asked me if I uh, if I plan to stay in France. And naturally, I said yes. And she said me something like, "No, you need to go back to to your country." I was like. And and the thing is, I wasn't even complaining about anything. She asked me a question, and I answered. And she was so, so mean. I I was like, why? Go back to your country. I hate that line. How how do you you know? You said your first year as well was was very depressing. How do you adjust to that? So if someone from Africa or wherever moving to a new country to study, what advice would you give them? Adjusting to loneliness. I would say don't don't stay alone. Speak with people, not not just the people you met in Cameroon, because there are some friends I had in Cameroon that arrived here, but we were all lost. So I I will advise them to to speak to. People from other, people from local, from the local city. Like this is what helped me a lot to 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 integrate into society. Yeah, yeah. They, and they were they were so 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 nice to me, and uh, I'm really really grateful to to have met them. They and still today we are friends. We we uh, for example one of them went to Cameroon with me one one time. Oh, nice! Yeah, wow. And and how did they find the experience? I think if Nabil ever had to come to Africa, he'd be shook. Really? <laughs> what do you think? Wait, wait, wait. I mean, but not wait. Morocco, not Morocco, Africa, like mid. Where is Morocco southern then? Southern Africa. Right. So all our Moroccan <laughs> listeners, you're Europeans. All of a sudden, you're European. So welcome. <laughs> 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 no, no, no! Uh, I don't mean North Africa. North Africa is a whole different ball game, huh? Like Sub-Saharan Africa, under the Sahara Desert. Mm. Right. Okay, I will one day, of course. <laughs> he he actually liked it. Yeah. He told me it was really really nice. Uh, the food, the people. And uh, the area, because we, we were in the city next to the beach, so it was, say, it was one of the best experiences of his life. Wait, the uh, cities next to the beach are always the best. Wait, um, 
yeah, she said the, the cities next to the beach are always the best. And thank you, because Florence is not near any beach, so thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, talk, me, talk to me about Cameroon. Where should I go? Right, so I land in Cameroon. I can't remember yeah. the capital city. But, yeah, I land there. Where should I go? I would say... Kribi. Kribi? Yeah. Is it, is it a big city? No, it's a really, really small city, but it is one of the cities next to the beach. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the food there is just amazing. Like, uh, the, the fish, they will, they will catch it in front of you and uh, cook it in front of you. It's so, so, so nice. Uh, sounds delicious. I love that. Yeah. Um, what's a typical dish, the typical food there in Cameroon? Ooh. So it depends on the on the city because the, there is the the thing is there is a lot of I will say um, group in Cameroon like we have more than I will say more than two hundred languages in Cameroon so two hundred. <laughs> And I thought the South... I thought our 11 was yeah. 200 and... The, the thing is, <coughs> you know, Cameroon is a group of small, small uh, groups. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the USA having more little states in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So ba based, based on the city where you are from, the food will be really, really different. Like from the north to the south, it's... Two different culture, two different way of behaving. So it's there. There isn't a typical Cameroonian food, if I can say. And what's your favorite dish? Mine is I. I my parents are from Kribi. That's why I I I told yeah, you. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> so it's fish. Uh, so all the seafoods we are. Uh, we are eating a lot of seafood because we are near the beach, so it's all about sea. Mm. I love seafood. Oh, Nabila, do you eat seafood? I do, but not uh, everything. It's like certain things I like, like hake. Um, hake is, yeah, that's about, that's my favorite. I tried uh, oysters. For the first time, that was like quite nice. Mm -hmm. hmm? No, yeah, I ask if you like it. It depends on how people make the stuff. So the way the person, the restaurant made this was they put like a, a grapefruit slice in it, mm -hmm. which was weirdly delicious. It was an odd combination and the, the tastes broke each other. It was like art in my mouth. It was very nice. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll have to try it, I guess. Do you get a lot of seafood in Italy? Yeah. I mean, Italy is the best country in the world for food. So we literally oh, have really? everything. Yeah. I mean, don't say France, please. France is literally... I don't know how you people eat in France. But, yeah. I th you know... You know what we should do in France? You should 
uh, take some some lorries, some trucks, and start importing food from Italy, so you can start eating properly. <laughs> That's the only way you could start eating. I don't, I don't think you. <laughs> no. Hey, what's your what's what's your favorite French dish? Um, See, there's none. <laughs> I, the, 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 there is a lot of French dishes I like. Uh, it depends on the season. In the during the, for the winter, I like a hatlet. It's with a, <laughs> a, a bottle of wine. It's just delicious. Okay. And what's your favorite Italian dish? Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> you literally you literally have no taste. You might have COVID because you have literally zero taste. Zero. <laughs> Bloody hell. You I have like permanent pizza. you have a new variant of COVID. It's the permanent COVID. 360 <laughs> days a year. Oh god. Don't touch Italian food. It's I like care. Nice. <sighs> pizza. <laughs> All right, it's you, mainstream. You mentioned you're in Italy for the mo- for the for the Monza Grand Prix. Yeah, it was that where you met web. Lewis? Wow. Yeah. Yes. What was it like? Tell me, what is he like? I, I ask everyone who's met him this question. By the way, when we had one of our other guests who did like a an ad a brand campaign with him, I was like, what was it like meeting Lewis Hamilton? Sorry, Lewis sorry to interrupt. Um, sorry to interrupt. Welcome everyone to the Lewis Hamilton fan club. Nabil is checking out. I'm going to shut up from here. Here we go on. <laughs> so Lewis, uh, when I met him, I was I was shouting like you know like the fan girl I am. Then I asked him if I can give him a hug, and he said with a big smile, "Yes." Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> And then we talked about for, for for about ten minutes, ten fifteen. Oh, that's a long time. Yes, he's really really nice, really really humble, and uh, he's so calm. What mm. did you what, what did you talk about? I hope not food because you literally have no taste. No. <laughs> uh, actually, I I was with my sister and uh, she brought. Uh, handmade um, jewelry for him, hmm. and uh, we were talking about that. And he asked her if she made it, and she said no, it was handmade, but it was not her. And then she he asked us uh, on where in the you know in the on the track we will be, so the stand where we will be, and we gave him the name of our stand, and he told us that. During the pa- the driver's parade, he will look for us and say hello in his car, and this is and it's actually what he he, he did. <gasps> oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. That's flattering. He, he saw, I I had the the Union Jack, uh-huh. so I was flying it high with a, uh, and we were surrounding by a lot of Tifuzi, so it was really really, I would say, easy to find us in that stand. <laughs> I, I I was like yeah Louis and he 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 did something like he make a sign like and and say hello I was like yeah. wow. <laughs> easy to spot in a sea of red people 
you see these two blue dressed girls with a Union Jack. That is so easy to spot. Love it. Love it. Have you been to a, have you been to a race, Nabil? No. That's the, yeah, that's something that pains me. I've been following Formula One for literally like twenty years now, but I've never been And it's right there on your doorstep. It is, but I mean it now the thing about Monza is that it, it used to be a bit expensive for us so that's one reason mm. and now I've always had exams with my university like on the 4th or the 5th or the the 2nd of September and it's always there around the weekend so I've never managed oh. to to go but yeah I will I will maybe maybe this year and you saying it's expensive being in Italy can you imagine from South Africa, mm -hmm. the, it's absolutely ridiculously expensive, especially yeah. with our currency being so weak. We have to still pay, pay for visas. Uh, yeah, is, uh, it's so, you have to save up. You have to have like a goal. You have to be like, okay, in the next year or two years or three years, depending how much you can save up. And you have to like save religiously. Yeah. Absolutely. My sister did because she lives in Gabon in Africa, so she she had to pay mm. for the visa, to pay for the airplane tickets, and then the ticket for Monza. So it was for her. It was really really expensive. Yeah, mm. it is. And if I so I worked out a, I worked out like kind of how much a weekend would cost. In uh, I think it was the Belgian Grand Prix because that was the cheapest option. It, just for like five days in Belgium with the whole, with all the tickets, just general access passes, it comes to about 54,000 rand. Which is like, no, no. Uh, 900 uh, euros? Divided by about 16. Oh, 16, not 6. Um, yeah, um, it should be like 200 euros. No, more than that. It's already 300 euros, something between 200. It should be like 280, something like that. Mm -mm. It, it, it is expensive. Teaching you the maths person. No, like even in Monza, if I had to go to Monza, I would not go there just for the race. I would go there for the full three days. So here you have the. It's about uh, the, the three, 3,300 euros. Yeah. Um, you'd have all the expenses for the hotel and everything, then I have to go there, and that's another expense. So, it used to be expensive. Now, thank God, it is not uh, uh, expensive for me anymore, but it's more a kind of uh, time that's missing. wanted to go to Mugello, because Mugello is literally next to Florence, and it was like a uh, 30 minutes drive from, from my home, and I wanted to go there. But, you know, COVID, yeah, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> and, yeah, couldn't manage it. Uh, we were supposed to go to Monza last year again, but due to Monza, it was... Yeah. We, we couldn't yeah. it because of COVID. Mm. I was actually going to go to uh, Qatar for the MotoGP race. I was literally, like, about to book it. 
And the next day they announced that it was being cancelled because of COVID. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I got saved there. I, yeah, I mean, it, it, they need to work it out. Um, I mean, tickets are so expensive in Formula 1. And uh, also the tickets, if you actually want to see something and not be in that portion of the circuit, of the track where you, you don't see anything, that that gets literally so expensive and they need to work it out in some way. Know that I know that they need money because Formula 1 is like it's so huge, it's difficult to handle, but they need to find some way to, um, I don't know, to make it a bit less expensive otherwise they will drive mm-hmm. some fans off at some point because who's going to pay to go to Saudi Arabia or Vietnam or places like that I mean uh, not talking about Vietnam but as far as Saudi Arabia is concerned they can piss off I'm, not, I'm never going there and I'm never I'm never spending any money to go there and it's Me going neither. to be I'm never going to support that and that's going to be uh, so expensive so they need to figure that out that is, I think, an issue. I mean, it's, it's probably nothing for those rich Arabs, though. The rich uh, Arabs make it. Yeah, but if, if you take, like, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, now, it is the last Grand Prix of the season, but it is nevertheless so expensive. And, yes. I mean, wow. And th- there's so much money in Formula One. One of my friends... Uh, one of my friends went to the Spanish Grand Prix, like, uh, two years ago. And he um, he asked me if I wanted to come, but it was during Ramadan. So I was fasting and all that. So I was like, you know what, I actually can't. Um, and he got passes for the Renault um, garage. So he was oh. like, met um, Ricardo and he went in behind the scenes. And I was, so, I was like, oh, it's so jelly. But I'm happy for him. Yeah, I was happy for him. Like, even when, when Gigi met Lewis, I'm like, oh, so jealous. But I'm, like, really happy for them. Um, <laughs> you know, when you meet someone that you admire or, you know, really like or respect, it's a, it's a surreal experience. Oh, of course, it is. Uh, you know, the first thing I want to do as soon as the whole, this whole thing is done is I want to go to a Formula One race. I want to go back to the stadium to watch Milan play. I want I want to go, and I'll really like to go and see a a tournament, a tennis tournament. Really love those, and I've never been there as well. So there's so much we have to do in sports. There was a, there was a huge tennis, uh, huge the tennis one for charity in Cape Town last year, just before um covid it was rafael nadal versus roger federer oh yeah and bull gates that? Yeah. and trevor noah was... were there mm-hmm. um tickets sold out in 10 minutes oh yeah but i didn't even get a chance you have rafael nadal roger federer bill gates all in the same place tickets are never going to last yeah of course and i miss sports i mean so much I mean, regular sports not having the regular sports yeah i mean like going into a weekend and not being afraid that never that nothing is going to happen and that that whole match or race or whatever is going bonkers 
I mean, I mean, I may say it's so for, much. For anyone yeah. who's never been to a live sporting event, it is absolutely electric. Um, so South Africa, okay, it's cool, it's fun, it's vibes. But when you go to Europe and you watch these um, big clubs, it's a whole other experience. Um, it's magical. So I can just imagine... You know what it's like. The stadium's empty, and how the teams must miss that atmosphere and playing in front of no one. I was watching the United and Liverpool game, and it's it's so dead without people, without yeah. fans. The fans make the game. Oh, okay. I have a question. What's your favorite moment at a live sports event? So I will start with mine, so you get the the zest of it. My favorite moment is in football when uh, your team is attacking and is going towards goal. When the attacker shoots, like everyone silences down. There's this kind of a, less than a second of pure silence of people waiting to see if the ball is going straight into the net or not. And then the ball goes into the net and you start celebrating. But there's less than a second where people just shut up. You yeah. literally hear the whole stadium just shut up for a second and wait for it. That's my favorite moment. Mine is kind of uh, when it's, it's around the same, but mine is like when that ball goes in and then people are for a second are like, some people are quiet because they don't know if it went in or not. <laughs> and then everyone starts cheering. And then everyone else starts cheering. And the singing after that. And the, you know, camaraderie. And you're just celebrating with the person next to you that you don't even know. Um, yeah, that, that is my favorite when your team scores. And Gigi, for you, do you, do you watch football? Uh, when I was in Cameroon, yes. Uh, I I I was watching, you know, when we we were we we had uh, Samuel Eto'o. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh in yes, the team. it was my my favorite my favorite uh, I will say era of uh, football. Mm. And I remember I went to a local uh, match in the in the in Cameroon. It was um, I think it was Cameroon versus. Uh, I don't. I don't remember the other thing, and then uh, it was really, really calm. And then the the, uh, the, the one of our uh, how to call it in. I I sometimes I I mix French and English. <laughs> no worries. I'm used to speak both at the same it's time. It's fine. Multi- sometimes I I forgot multi- the I forget the word. Multilingual in- problems. <laughs> I speak English only and I forget um words so so it's fine. Yeah, so so when the player scored the goal it was like I I I I thought that it, because all, all the 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 the, sta- the stadium started cheering because it there was a lit, I will say 90% Cameroonian so imagine the the cheering from the crowd it was it was just amazing mm. uh-huh. i think every african country has that one player that is your country and they just make your country proud and you That's just true. like dedicate <laughs> it's like true. everything is like this is your champion so for us it's benny mccarthy 
Oh, I've um, never heard of him. And he actually used to coach uh, Cape Town City, and I met him. I met him once, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm such a huge fan." He was like, "I like your cap," and I was wearing a Man United cap. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I think I was uh, like, "Whoops." Um, I think, as far as football is concerned, Europe is the pinnacle of football. I mean, European football in general, I think, is the best in the world. Um, I think sports in general. Now, Americans have um, more sports, like they have basketball and hockey. American football. Yeah, American football, uh, which is American football and not football, and the and football being soccer. Piss off! Hand it's egg. football. Yeah. I call it hand egg. It's football. Go in your bloody dictionary. It's football. Um, but yeah, I think I think as far as sports is concerned, that's one thing I like about Europe is that we have so many sports and we are like the place where players aim to be at. So it's great. That's one thing I'll actually give you. European uh, sport is is good. Um, but can I tell you, you a funny story about American football? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, if you... Like, few years ago i used to have a crush on this american american boy and he uh was really into football american football he played it as well and stuff so i for one whole year like just dedicated myself to learning about the sport and following his team and watching it and getting so into it i stayed up one night and watched the whole super bowl game yeah, that's how dedicated I was wow. <laughs> to this. That's next level sleeping. <laughs> yeah, next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the back then, the word simp didn't exist. So Yeah, then they invented it and he stopped watching the Super Bowl. And you know what? Since we always talk about your crushes, here's a little bit thing about me. One thing I love is um, French... Girls speaking English with a French accent. So that is top level for me. That that weird R, that's like that's what gets me. I mean so, um it, to 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 follow up on, on the story about the library girl, she has to have a French accent. So that is my prototype. Oh wait, so the library girl is real. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, but wait, in my dreams, ideally. It, oh, okay. Uh, ideally, oh, she has a French accent. I you. Absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah. Oh, I wonder why you've been blushing this whole time. Yeah, it's because it keeps playing in my ears <laughs> um, when Gigi talks, uh, and I keep thinking about it. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's why. <laughs> Damn, Gigi. Uh, I know my my English accent is funny. No, it's it's not funny. No, it's perfect no to me. Way. Like if I ha- okay, hear me out. If you have that accent, don't change it. Literally, um, I don't have an Italian accent, and that because uh, and it's okay because Italian English accent looks like Mario. So everyone thinks we're like Mamma Mia. I actually don't even know what accent you have. I just know you have an accent, but I can never put my finger on what your accent is. Right, so um 
I I get told that it, it resembles the British accent mainly. Um, even some pronunciation, it's more British than American than anything else. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I have no idea. I, I don't know how I sound, that's the thing, because I do not listen to the our Nabil episode. accent. The Nabil accent. You just listen to our podcast after and then you'll hear your accent. You sound British for me. I sound British. Really? Right. So, yeah, I mean... It's like British mixed with something else, like a tinge of some other European accent mixed with British. It's like two accents combined. It's very unique. I've never heard anyone else with that with that accent. Well, I'm one of a kind. <laughs> Truly. This Truly. this you're looking at is a limited edition. So that's okay. why. <laughs> so we have to cut it there before this boy's head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough and, it was uh, so nice having you Gigi yeah um, so, so I wanted to say it was um, Gigi and I met online on Twitter just as you and I met so it's very really cool this whole using Twitter as a as a networking kind of website meeting uh, be, becoming friends with people on, on Twitter have you ever met anyone you've met on Twitter not yet. Not yet. I I plan to meet um, one of the girls I met on Twitter. Her name is Aliona. But with the COVID things and mm. all, it is really, really difficult. And she's from Russia. Oh, interesting. Ah. Um, Have you met anyone from Twitter, Nabil? Plenty. Um, Literally plenty. Uh, mainly from the F1 Twitter world. F1 Italy Twitter. Mm. Um, but yeah, plenty, to be fair. And, you know, the thing about Twitter is that you, you, you use it to express your state of mind. So when you make a connection, it's based on common interests. Uh, that is why I reckon it's mm. easier to meet someone met on Twitter rather than someone met on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, it's just mm. someone saying a oh, nice picture, whatever, I, it, that's, there's not a real connection, is there? So that's why I think it's mm. easier to meet people from, from Twitter. and oh. So yeah, Instagram is just for sliding in the DMs and hating on someone you like. Uh, I, get, I get so happy when I see like Twitter couples, like people who met on Twitter and they... Yeah, how it started, like, you know, how it's going... Yeah. Yes. I I actually read a funny story um once where this girl replied to one of the bookstores Twitter accounts and somehow she eventually got to know the guy who was running the account and they got married. Oh, bloody hell. Very cute. It's quite a story. Mm. I'm happy for them. Mm. Yeah. I want to hear all the people's stories like Anyone who's met on Twitter or um, other platforms, I don't really care. But if you want to tell me that, tell me. No, please come, please come. No, don't listen to her. (laughs) Anywhere you've met, just come. Anywhere you've met on social media, like, 
um, how's it going with that person? How far has your relationship gone? I want to hear all about it. I like juicy stuff like that. I like to feel happy because I can live vicariously through you because I haven't met my crush yet. I was supposed to go to his country. I'm not going to say which country, but we all know. But I was going to go to his country. You've said it like a hundred times. If you don't know it by now... Listen to a couple of minutes of any previous episode. <laughs> you, you have to you listen get... to all my epi- all our episodes to try and figure out which country he's from. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. If, if you if you want to come on, it's it's literally so interesting hearing from from people. Um, that is Gigi. You're you're super interesting as a person, and and, and I loved this whole story and everything. So thank you really for for coming along. And what's for you in the future? Do you plan on living the rest of your life in France or do you plan on going back to Cameroon? No, I think I will stay for a little while in France. In terms of um, in terms of um, trips, it's, it's really, really uh, uh, easier to, to go to another country from there than to go from Cameroon because if I go back to Cameroon, I had to, if I, for example, need to go to, to another Monza uh, GP, I need to, to apply for visa, mm-hmm. to pay uh, expensive plane, airplane tickets, so it will be too, too expensive for me to go back to Cameroon now. Mm-hmm. Maybe in 20, 30 years. <laughs> Can we expect to see you in F1 anytime soon? Yeah. Well, we hope so. If you get, mm. if you go to, I want to see more diversity. Yeah, I, I mean, really wish you to get to F one. That might be. Mm. I hear it's quite stressful, but that might be a dream. So, best of luck with that. Do you know how, how I I I I started to be interested in F one? It's it's really really funny because it. I I remember that. I was a MotoGP fan, not an F1 fan. And then each uh, race week, I had my sister who was already an F1, F1 fan and a Lewis fan. She was like always talking to me about Lewis, how incredible he is. And uh, she was giving me those technical uh, debrief. And I was like, what is she, is she talking about? <laughs> What I did is before each each of our debrief session, I was watching the 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 free practice or the qualifying or the race so that I won't be lost. And then from time to time, I started to like it and to to see Lewis like I was like he's he's too good, he's too damn good. <laughs> wow. Um. What what was the first Grand Prix you 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 watched? Um, I think it was in twenty sixteen. It was um, I don't remember the race. Um, twenty sixteen. Uh-huh. I'm sure it was twenty sixteen, and I was so so sad when he lost the championship that year and I was like no <laughs> and this gave me um, I would say 
I, 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 from that time, I was rooting for him even more mm. because he, he lost mm-hmm. that year. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a Hamilton fan uh, back in that year. I was, I was a Rosberg fan, and I was so happy that year. What when was Rosberg took it? What was it? The first GP you watched, Nabila? Ooh, um, like properly, I think it was Monaco twenty fourteen. Okay, it was like the first full proper. Other than that, I was just like, okay. By the way, I remember my it first. Wasn't like re- really into it. I think I got like properly into it that race. I remember my first GP. It was Spa two thousand and two. Uh, Ferrari 1-2 with Michael and Rubens and I was with my father at a local cafe because we knew the owner and everyone was there watching it and everyone dressed in red and I hear everyone cheering um, because we went actually the day before and we watched Quali and everyone was cheering when Michael got pole then the day after, everyone was cheering for a 1-2 and Ferrari was so dominant that year as well. Um, so yeah, that gave me so much joy. That was my proper fe- first GP I've ever watched. Literally, will never, okay, I will cool. never, yeah. We're all being like real, like real Africans here where we like, Say bye at the door, then carry on talking, and then buy in the car, and then carry oh. on talking. Because right. we've said bye, sort of, ready. You're right. Or you can we- say bye again. So we've said bye at the door, um, and now we'll say bye at the car. And thank you so much, Gigi, for joining us. Um, all the best for your future, and we... I am rooting for you to see you in Formula One one day, if that's where you want to be. Me too. Thank Me you. Too. Yeah, best of luck, best of luck, and best wishes. Ooh, and I... Before we go, before we go, before the car drives out the gate, song of the week. What are we listening to? I forgot. I'll yes, what's this? Anything, anything that's like currently on repeat on your playlist. Oh, it's a Cameroonian song. Ooh. What's the name? Let me find it. So while you're looking for that, mine is Lost by Samra. He's a German singer. Was this not my song last week or the week before? I hope not. It was. No, I don't think so. I think so. No, last week I was, last week um, I did the Hector Bellerin. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. So this one, mm, so this one here, Topic 42 and Samra Lost. It's a very catchy song and it's in German. In German? Mm. Yeah, I've given a shot to German music. I don't like it. German music is the wave. No. Um, my song of the week is quite great. It's called Legendary by Welshy Arms. It's literally the best song to pump you up. So if you need to do something, go for a run or anything, listen to it. Legendary by Welshy Arms. 
Okay. Okay. Easy. You're gonna share that share that with us after and we will share it with everyone listening. Put us on to that good stuff. African music, like wherever you go in Africa, you'll find lit lit songs. Um mm. lovely. Okay. Lovely. Um lovely. Thank you, Gigi lovely, again. Lovely, simply lovely. Thank you, Gigi. It's been really great and best wishes for the future and uh thank you to everyone for sticking with us and um, we wish you a wonderful weekend and we will catch with you next week goodbye <laughs>